0: Okay, well, we're going to be talking today. We talked last week um about the love of God that's been shed abroad in our heart and how important the love is for the for the um gifts of the spirit and our relationship with him, our relationship with people, how important love is to have in manifestation. Amen. Now I've taught on love before, but but this was um um as a relationship, it was it was good to go over that because all of the gifts of the Spirit and the offices that, that we carry as a, um, a pastor, a prophet, apostle, evangelist, all of those, all of those, there has to be the manifestation of the love of God that's shed abroad in your heart. Manifesting, or you won't care one bit about reaching people. Isn't that right? Yeah, and so... So anyway, we talked last week about the love of God, and I, I just am going to start a little bit more uh, with that. I want let's go to First John, and we're just going to do just a brief review, just a little bit of a review. First John four, and um, then we're going to jump into the office, the offices, because um, I just kept getting a nudge that we I sat was sat down with somebody this week, and they wanted to know more about one of the offices, and we'll we'll look at that here in a minute, but. I just uh, feel like it's time that we we get a little more understanding of what the apostle does, what the prophet does, what the pastor does, what the evangelist does, what the helps ministry is, the ministry of diversity of tongues, all of that. All of those are, uh, and then there's the ministry of helps, which um, the ministry of helps worship is one of those. The ministry of helps worship is one. You wouldn't think that would be the case, but but worship is a, a help to the whole service manifesting correctly. Children's church and nursery are all part of that ministry of helps. And do you know, do you know the people in nursery or the people in children's church or the people that cleaned this week can receive just as big an award or maybe more than what I receive when I get to heaven. You know why? Because they might be faithful at what they did. Maybe I wasn't quite as faithful. I can still get a reward. I'm not seeing enough faithful. <laughs> just, just hear me out. <laughs> Helping in the in the nursery or teaching children, worship, cleaning this building, all of those, because it all comes. It all works together for this culmination on a Sunday morning. You understand what I'm saying? People that bring breakfast, people that people that are all part of doing a help on a Sunday morning will receive the same reward that I receive. Does that make sense? How many of you ever thought about that before? No. So so you know I used to struggle. <laughs> I used to struggle cuz I wanted to be upstairs where the action was. You know what I mean when I say action? I wanted to be upstairs where people were being slain in the spirit. Miracles were happening. People were being healed. I wanted to be where the action was. But you know what? You can have action in the children's church too. You can have action in the nursery. You can see one of those little ones raise their hands and say, Jesus is Lord. You know, that's just as, that's just as important as up here. But I learned quick. I learned quick that my reward was going to be just as much as the guy that was standing up here ministering healing or salvation or, or people being slain in the Spirit, the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. My reward was going to be the same even if I was in the nursery or if I was up here. The same. It's the same. It's the same. So as soon as I learned that, I thought, well, I'm not missing anything. I'm going to go help in the nursery. You know, take my turn. I'm not doing, that's not an advertisement to get you to go out in a nursery. I'm not doing that. I I want to. I want you to understand, whatever you do as a servant here in the church, it, it gets the reward the same as that, me standing up front doing what I'm doing. Amen? Amen. Same reward. Same reward. If somebody gets healed, their legs grow back, you, and, you're, and you are a part of that service and help, and you get that same reward when you get to heaven. Amen. <laughs> I'm making you think. I can tell. I can tell. You want me to say it again? <laughs> you know, if somebody gets up out of a wheelchair, and you've been working in the in the children's church, or working in the in the nursery, or you brought breakfast, or you facilitated bringing somebody to church, all of that is helps. All of it's helps. Doing worship, all of it's helps. So if that person that got up from a wheelchair. And walked and never been able to walk before. You got the same reward that the person that laid their hands on him got. So that should encourage you. It should encourage you, Amen. Amen. I, I like uh, sharing that because it's it's. Um, I know it's 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 an important avenue. Anyway, back to First John four seven. And 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for the love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And we talked about this last week, they have a relationship with God. And then also verse 8, the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Isn't that real clear? Isn't that real clear? If you don't have love, if you don't walk in love, then you don't know God. It's real simple, black and white, simple. And so the love of God needs to be manifesting through you because it's one of the rivers of living water that is is to flow through us. And that love is flowing through us, and on that love flows the gifts of the Spirit. On that love is the calling that you're called to do. Does that make sense? So... um, So when we when we have a relationship with a father, because you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love your neighbor, then you are not loving yourself. That's real simple too. Right? So you can gauge how much you love yourself by how much you love your neighbor. Even if you're just in awe with, with one person, everybody else you got a good relationship with doesn't matter. That one person tells tells how much love you have flowing through you for yourself towards yourself. Amen? Okay. All right, let's look at Matthew now. We're 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 talking somewhat about I I'm just as, all all this today is is a background on the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry is the background. We're we're gonna I'm just giving you some do's and don'ts and some yeses and some no's and then we'll get into what each one is, what each one um how they function, and all of that and and you know you're all called, don't you? Everybody has a calling in here. Say I have a calling. I make a choice right now to be obedient to do what god to do what God <laughs> asks me to do. That was a trick, no, it wasn't a trick. okay, so so we just need to make a choice. To do what you know, and just rest in that. He's not going to come over and slam on the head with a hammer and say, "Get busy on it right now." <laughs> he's working with us, each one of us. I mean, you know, he he he's so good. I've been at this since I was eleven or thirteen, <laughs> and he's so good. He is so good, and and he's so patient. He's so kind. You know, um, it's it's just a. He, he's he's good at helping us get to where he wants us to be, Amen. He is okay. So um, Matthew 23, I said 11, 23, 11. Um, the fivefold ministry. Let me give you a little bit more background. The fivefold ministry is here to serve. The fivefold ministry is not here to be served. I'm a pastor is a five-fold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, five-fold ministry. They're here to serve you. I'm here to wash your feet. I'm here to serve you. I'm not here to serve myself, or do I expect you to serve me? I'm here to serve you. That's what God's been working with me on and preparing me through all these years to where I'm at right now, you know. And so, and it's been a process I can look back at. As I was preparing this, I look back at different things that have happened through my life and in different stages, different places coming from, you know, coming from um, a place of missing it with the Lord. And then my sister was working in, in a church in Des Moines and got me, Going down there, it was not a full gospel church, but it was a prep to the full gospel church. And then the Lord talking to me about I need you to do something in Marshalltown, and I didn't. I I tried to obey that, but I couldn't find anything to do here. I mean, you know. Anyway, <laughs> it was. I mean, I tried to go to a denominational church. It was it was so different and so dry from where I was. Even though that wasn't full gospel, they had more life flowing in them, you know. And so so I started going back there, and he said, i got something to do in Marshalltown. And I go, oh, okay, okay. So I tried a different part of the same denomination and uh, found myself um, being okay there. But it was the place where it was going to launch me into the next phase. I got moved into the next phase of uh, I made connections where the baptism of the Holy Spirit was the next thing for me. Because I wasn't where I was hearing that. Now, in this church, you hear that. You, you hear the need to be born again, and then you hear the need right after that to receive the person of the Holy Spirit and the power that comes with that. I didn't hear that. A lot of people have not. We're, dealing with, we're going to be dealing with a lot of denominational people that think that is gone the baptismal Holy Spirit is gone. It's done, done away with. There's going to be people think the tongues have been done away with. There's people going to be think that the offices that we're talking about today have been done away with. But but we're going to be able to tell them different, right? We're going to be able to share the truth with them and help the church at large walk in the power that they've been equipped to do. That's why God is, is, is so much on my heart for this to be a training center so that people are trained and people are sent out from here. Some will stay, some will be sent out. Some of the sent out places, there will be churches that will start from this one. And, the, and these churches will, I mean, I already see where a couple could be or maybe will be, but it's not time. I can't, I can't go there yet. But I would like to. <laughs> I'd like to spread myself thinner. But... But that will happen, but there, that is part of this. What we're doing is raising up people that are going to be sent out to do their callings. Now, there may be um, people in here that are pastors that are going to be sent to establish a church. Um, I mean, not by yourself. You'll be, you'll be helped. And then, and then there's people that will be trained, maybe doing children's church. And those people then will go be able to go help that pastor for a little while until, until he gets a flock that can do some of those things. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that the Lord has got on my heart that's going to happen and going to materialize through this body. Amen? And it's been, um, it's been a little slow. <laughs> I would like to have had this manifest 20 years ago. <laughs> but, you know, you work with people and you keep working with people and you keep pressing in towards the goal that, that God has given you. Amen? Okay, so Matthew 23, Matthew 23:11 says, But the greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. So the greatest among you shall be your servant. Um, and basically, Jesus was talking there, so... It's it's just reiterating the same thing that I said. As a pastor, I'm I'm the overseer or the shepherd of this flock. I'm responsible for the this flock. I'm responsible for what's taught in children's church. I'm responsible for what's taught up here. I'm responsible for the direction of the church, and the purpose to try to hear where God wants us to go. And by the way we have 25 new chairs that's why it looks like there's so many empty spaces in here. <laughs> and so so you it's your job now. Sheep make sheep so you're going to have to bring people in. Amen. Amen. Okay so um so the Jesus was a, an example of being a servant to the body to the body. He was a, he was a leader but he humbled himself and he became the servant. Just like that's the, my position as well. Okay, um, that servant, uh, a good definition for that is those who advance others' interests even at the sacrifice of their own. Can you see that in the vision that that I just shared with you? To sacrifice others' interests, I mean to advance others' interests even though it means to sacrifice your own. You see what I'm saying? My job is is to get you trained and equipped and out doing what God's called you to do, that doesn't mean it's tomorrow, but <laughs> my my job that's my job is to equip you and get you busy doing what God's called you to do. You may serve here, you may serve in another uh, um and start another church and and part of the body go there i, I, I I'm just I'm, I don't have any definite direction on what's next, but I know that's part of the vision is establishing churches. And there will be there'll be um evangelists that will be raised up out of here that will go where that church is starting and they'll hold the evangelistic meetings and bring people in and those people then will need to be discipled. That's the pastor's job and equip them and send out from there. You see how it okay, I guess that's enough of that. Anyway, those who advance others' interests even at the sacrifice of their own interests. Okay, let's look at 1 Corinthians 6.20, please. Okay, I think it's important to remember that you have been bought with a price. 6.20, 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, for you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, and then, if you look at first Corinthians seven, if you just just move right on over in the page verse twenty two says, "For he who was called in the Lord while a slave, see, you were a slave to you were a slave to the world or to the demonic influences, you were a slave to the things of this world when you were called when you were born again, you were a slave, okay, so uh, for he who is called verse twenty two in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman, so once you were called out of that place, you became free, okay, likewise, he who was called while free is Christ's slave. Does that makes sense? Say you were called out of a place of bondage into freedom. now your freedom is to serve God, okay. You were bought with a price and do not become slaves of men. You're not to become slaves of men or slaves of this world or slaves to your uh, TV or slaves to your gaming machines or slaves to shopping or slaves to whatever it is that keeps you busy besides serving the Lord. Okay? Whatever it is, whether it's sin or whatever it is, you're not to be enslaved to that again because Jesus paid the price to set you free from that. So that you can serve him or be enslaved in in his calling for you, does that makes sense, guys? Okay, see your life isn't your own, it's not your own. it's his because he paid a terrible price by sending his son. You no, know, his son dying on the cross was unrecognizable. he had so so many cuts on his body and his face unrecognizable unrecognizable for you. He did that for you. It's it's easy to be enslaved to him. There's It is such a blessing to serve him. You know, when I first started moving, and this has been a couple years ago now already. Time goes fast, doesn't it? But the Lord was so good, and he'll do this for you too, that when I would stand back there during worship or praise, I could sense the mantle, the pastor's mantle come on me. It just came down on me. I could I could sense that. Again, that's being sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Sensitive, that I could sense that. You know what that did for my confidence? It was a it was a blessing because I knew he was with me. I knew he had told me what to do already. He enveloped me and I sensed that. I knew that. So his confidence, he was right there to help me step in to this step that was brand new for me. And for each of you, the step that you take, he's right there to help you. You know, the word says to open your mouth and he'll fill it. I'm still working on that. You know, I'm still working on that because I'm—I I think I got to have everything in front of me. I mean, you need to prep and you need to pray, but I think I got to have everything in front of me. So far, I've, I haven't even got through this first page yet. But anyway, you know, I like to—I like to have it all before me so that I know what I'm saying, what I'm doing. But he says. Hey, just open your mouth and I'll fill it. That comes even sharing the sharing the gospel. Open your mouth and I'll fill it. Amen? Okay, so I, I just wanted to share, share that. You know, now, now I don't sense that mental as much. I don't sense that maybe sometimes depending on what's going on. But I don't sense that much because my confidence, I already know that he's with me. He doesn't have to show that to me. You know what I'm saying? My say message. show. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. Um, uh, I just know he's there. I just know he's helping me do the message. He's helping me with whatever I do because I love him and he loves me. Amen? Okay, so um, another thing that came to me <laughs> when I first started, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I, had, I was in another church, and I had a, Guy that was doing children's church, him and his wife were doing children's church, and he approached me and said, Why don't you teach this next Sunday? And I go, I don't think so. <laughs> and he taught, worked with me and talked to me, Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Just put a little something together and you can do it. No, I don't. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, you know, you know me because I couldn't even pray in front of people. No kidding. I could not pray in front of people. It came my turn and I said, Thank you, Jesus. That's all I could get out. You know, I mean, look at the transformation. See, it's not me; it's God in me doing it. It's God in me doing it. So, if you can teach children, well, I eventually did. The Lord started working with me, and He says, "Hey, they—they they don't care if you make a mistake. They don't care." So that rela- that just freed me up enough. So I just started. I was I I just started teaching kids and having a good time. I was a kid, a big kid myself with the kids. Anyway, I mean we weren't rowdy or anything. Don't get that in your mind. We were we were we did a good we did uh had fun anyway. And so, you know, I had I played simple sam and we had uh faithful farmer and we had puppet teams and all kinds of stuff. And it was a fun time, a fun time but I grew a lot at that point in time. I grew a lot because I had to get out in front of people and I had to do things in front of people. And so God will work with you right where you're at and he'll help you step it off if you've never ever done it before. But if you can teach children, you can teach anybody. If you can teach children, you can teach anybody. So I would encourage you, if you have a teach on you, you know what I'm saying? If you have a a nudging to teach, a nudging in your ear, if you have a a prompting to want to teach, Put something together and teach your wife. Put something together and teach your husband. Put something together and teach your whole family. Sit them down and just share a scripture verse. Okay? Or if if you young people, sit your mom or your dad down and share the word with them. Put a little something together. It doesn't have to be what I do on a Sunday morning with 50 scripture verses. It doesn't have to be that. You can do two or three and just sit down and share. Do something like that. or Or... Uh, teach children or whatever just come and and we'll we'll figure something out but anyway um it's really important that that you step out and do something if you have that now i i will i will um you know as I'm prompted, I will ask different people to share like about ten minutes you know and to kind of help you get used to doing something like that in in front of people and um I think that's good okay um Okay, let's see, I think, well, let's go on now to, let's look at Ephesians, Ephesians 4, and we're going to look at several here in, a um, well, as long as we're in 1 Corinthians, just go over to 12, chapter 12, please, in 1 Corinthians, we're going to start talking about the offices, um, 27, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 and 28. Now you are Christ's body in, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations. Various kinds of tongues. I think King James says diversity of tongues there, and God has appointed the church first apostles. So it says first apostles. An apostle actually has been in has done all of the other gifts that you see listed behind that. He's first. The apostles first. He's first. The apostles, the sent one. He actually is the one that goes. And he um, establishes the church. He goes and establishes it. And and in that he'll have to be an evangelist. He'll have to be a, a pastor. He'll have to be a teacher. In all of that, okay. And he's been that all already. He's climbed the ladder, so to speak. Some people think they they may hear they have a calling to be an apostle you don't you don't start there you don't start as an apostle some people think that and they they're disappointed by that because they, they they try to get into that and when you try to get into an area that you're not necessarily called to yet you open yourself up for demonic attack i think i've shared that story before with a couple that wanted to start a church in another town and uh um the wife was very much involved in doing it. The husband was kind of coming along, and so we said, "Yeah, we'll help you get that started because we knew that was part of the vision. We're talking probably twenty years ago now, and we knew that was what God was wanting us to do was to help establish other churches this one this one will always stay this one will always be here'll it'll be it'll be um will be the foundation one that will it's, this is where the training center will be and and there will be a church with that but um anyway so this this couple we said yeah we'll help you we'll start it on sunday nights after church and so we went to do that and um we m- my husband said uh, okay who's the pastor now who's going to be the pastor and the wife said well i am my husband's not ready we looked at we looked at the we looked at the situation and my husband said that won't work won't work if he's not going to step into the office of pastor and he doesn't want it yet it isn't there it won't work because see the roles were all reversed there became an opportunity for the enemy to come in and attack so when that happened they went ahead They they, they uh, I won't tell you uh, everything about that but uh, they went ahead uh, against our warning and uh, um, the couple then wasn't very long after that they were filing for a divorce, and their um, youngest son was in drugs, and so um, they stopped what they were doing, and things got straightened back up. They are still together today, and the son is is okay. But but see that you have to you have to look at your timing. You ha- you can't just reverse the roles and everything's okay. You know that you just can't do that. You have to, if if a husband is called, then the wife, he he should involve the wife and the wife can do as much as she can. If the wife is called, then she involves the husband and he gets in and and does what he can in the situation. Now, I'm not saying it's always that way. Uh, Sometimes you see the husband and wife working together in a ministry. I'm not saying it isn't that, because, you know, Dick and I did work together and we worked together. And so when... He passed. It was a difficult time for me, you know, because part of me was gone. I wasn't going to cry, but part of me was gone. So it took me a while to find out who I was and what God was wanting to do with me. Does that make sense? Because the understanding with that is because you are one. When you're married, you're one. You become one flash, one person. And so when that separation takes place, there's a part of you that's missing. And I'm sure you've all experienced that to some degree where, I mean, if you've gone through a divorce or you've lost the meat or whatever. So it takes a little bit. takes some time to get your bearings as to what am I supposed to do now? What is my calling now? What direction do I go now? You see what I mean? So when you don't know that, it's best just to do what you know to do. Just step back and do what you know to do in your calling. In, in, in what you know you can do or what you have been doing. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I did the whole time Richard was here. I just did what I was called to do. At that time, what I knew to do. Children's church, nursery, worship sometimes, um, ministering, counseling, all that, you know, I did those things. So, um anyway, <laughs> I've gone off on a lot of stuff here. But let's look at we read this one in First Corinthians that um and God was appointed and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles. And the miracles there that you'll see in the next ones that we read, the miracles was is the evangelist. The evangelist, and those are the offices. That's the gifting that an evangelist walks in—is miracles and healings. Okay. Uh, third teachers, the miracles and gifts of healings helps. Administrations there. Uh, from my understanding, I believe that is the the pastor. Pastor. Okay. And and so you can look at that, and let's let's look at Ephesians four, and that will help give you a little more understanding on the callings and the giftings. Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists. See the the apostles, prophets, evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs in the fullness of Christ okay so so those offices or those callings have been set in the church to equip and to build you guys up to equip you and and to build you up okay so that we all come into a place of unity. Unity. Everybody's in one accord, one mind, one heartbeat. That's the that's the job of the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. That's the job, is to, is to bring the, the body of Christ into a place of unity. Amen? Can you see that in the Word? And to equip the saints. Now, my heart has been to equip you you think you've been being equipped? <laughs> I mean, some of you are new to that, but we've been, that's my my purpose is we've been I've been trying to equip you in what is healing, the authority, all of those things. All those those are all things to equip you. Amen? For the equipment of the saints, for the work of the service to the building up of the body Christ. And we do that, the Fivefold Ministry does that to bring you into a place of unity. Okay? All right, see, that was a little bit different than the one we just read in 1 Corinthians. Now let's look at Romans, please. Romans 12. 12, um, 6, verse 6. And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let each exercise them according Accordingly, if prophecy, accordingly to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So some of those are areas of helps. Some of that is teaching. Some of that would be uh, pastoring as well. And there's there's a lot of different callings. There's uh, entrepreneur calling. Um, there's just a lot of different things that hopefully we can get into more of that. Okay, but the purpose of the fivefold ministry is to perfect the saints, is to equip them, and edify the body of Christ, bring them into a place of unity. How long does that? how, how long does that go on? What would you say? How long does that go on? Until the body of Christ comes into a place of unity. Mm-hmm. It goes on that long mm-hmm. um, until Jesus comes for His church. But you know He's coming for a church that is um, no spots or blemishes. That's the church He's coming for. So that's why it's important that the pastor deals with, talks about the sin, deals with the sin, so that the church is free from sin, free from sin. He's coming for a church that is is. Spotless and with no blemishes. Amen. Okay, as far as um, uh, callings, God God sets you. You don't set yourself into a position. God sets you there. Now I had to make a choice. <laughs> I made a choice. You know, when when Richard was getting ready to leave, you know, he was pursuing you know, possibly another pastor, but I just knew on the on my in on inside of me. Um, I had the vision for this area. Another pastor would not have that. So I had to make the choice to step into what I'm doing right now. And I hope that that has been beneficial to everybody that you've continued to grow and learn. Amen. Amen. And so, so I had to make that choice and I, I went ahead and did that, made that step. You know, it's been the best thing I ever did. I just thoroughly love doing this. And so I'm looking forward to what all God has for us. Amen. And so you don't enter ministry because you feel like it. You don't enter ministry because somebody said, oh, you're really good at that. You need to be, you need to do that full time. You you don't do that. You don't do it because somebody tells you. If somebody gives you a word, you still don't. You still don't do that. You know. I'll just pick on Josh. You know, Josh had that word given to him about being an evangelist. Remember, remember when um, Nathan was here? Well, the week before I had said something to him about his, the teaching is coming forward. Well, I didn't say anything about the evangelist. And that was okay that Nathan said that. But, but the thing you have to, it will bear witness with you, and it did bear witness with Josh. The thing you have to do is it time for that to happen is it time for that to happen yet? And there wasn't anything wrong that Nathan said to him. Now, I'm not saying that at all. There's nothing wrong with what he said. You have to know on the inside of you, you have to have the witness, yes, I'm called to that office. I'm called to the evangelist. You have to know it. You have to know it. No man, no prophet of God, no pastor can stand here and tell you you got to do that. You have to know it. Because that prophet or that pastor is not going to be the one to step off your calling. You're going to be the one to do that. That makes sense. It's you. So if you don't know it, I wouldn't step anywhere till you know it. You know, you need to know what your calling is and what you what you're to do. And it's not. It's not um, all of a sudden, boom! I'm right there in the middle of it, doing it. It's not. It's not. God steps you off. He may have some training he wants you to do. I mean, look at how many years I spent doing children's church and just getting myself in a place of, look how many years I spent praying and interceding and leading intercession groups. Look how many years I spent just teaching women and working with women and counseling. I spent a lot of years doing that. Now, I'm not saying saying you'll have to do that that many years. I'm not saying that at all. That's just what the Lord did with me to get me to where I am, you know. You can go as fast as you want to go, but God will work with you in it, and He'll know when you've been proven. He'll know when you're ready. He'll know when it's time for you to step into that phase or maybe at the next phase preparing you for that. He'll know. But see, He's going to bear witness. He's going to tell you about it in your inner man. That's why it's so important that we're able to listen here, we're able to hear what the Holy Spirit's telling us. Thank God we're equipped that we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth, and to show us things to come this morning i was just I was just sitting I was just sitting, just sitting <laughs> and I was all of a sudden, I had this picture of this you know this just this big swimming pool of, of jello. I mean, I'm okay, I'm gonna share this. I, I said, Lord, you gave it to me. But see that's what the big you think about this big swimming pool of jello and you're at the bottom of the swimming pool, how easy is it to get up to the top? It's not very easy, is it? You gotta <laughs> And it would, wouldn't be too bad to get a mouthful, would it? No. Anyway, <laughs> you have all of that. How much how much work would it get see that's what That's what it's like for the Holy Spirit to get something across to you when you haven't been praying or you haven't been reading your word or you haven't been worshiping or you haven't been in church. It's hard for the Holy Spirit to get that stuff across to you. It's like him plowing through this big bowl of jello. No kidding. That's what it's like. The more you become sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you hear me say this a lot, but God gave me a good example. The more you become sensitive to that, the easier it's going to be for you. You to hear what he wants you to do. It's going to be easier for you to hear. Don't go with to Ames today. Okay, I'm not going to do that then. Who knows what was going to be going on? But God told me not to go, and I'm not going. Or, or see, he wants to get, he wants to get his leadership across to you. He wants to show you things to come. And if he has to work through the muck and mire of the sin and the junk in your life, he'll he'll do it, but it'll take him a little bit longer. He'll try to get through there, and he'll try to tell you, and you don't hear him, and then he'll try to tell you again, and you don't hear him, and he'll try to tell you again, and you don't hear him. He keeps working with you. He keeps working with you. He wants, he wants to get it across to you. So it's really important. That's why I encourage you to pray in tongues for five minutes and then stop and listen to where that comes from. It's out of that same place that that leadership comes from. It's out of that same place. Amen? Same place. And it takes practicing to hear that voice, to know that. Pray in tongues, stop. We do that, you know, we don't do it as much as I think we're going to be doing it more from From what I was hearing this morning, so but any anyway, you don't enter ministry because you feel like it or because someone told you um someone tells you that that that's a fit for you that, that hey just because you just because you um uh did something for somebody and and it's the helps. Helps thing. You know, I have a heart for people in the nursing homes haven't been able to get in there. I don't know where that's at now, but I have a heart for people in there. But it's not necessarily um, what I'm called or destined to do all the time. But I have a heart for that. You know what I mean? And see, I can carry more than one office. You can carry more than one office. Um, my ordaining pastor was a prophet, Pastor, prophet, pastor. Um, I know I teach, so I'm a teacher and I'm a pastor. At least those. Um, right now, I believe I am carrying some of the other offices until people raise up and do that. You know, but that's okay. But I'm primarily a, a, a primarily a pastor right now, teacher, pastor. Yep. But I can share. I can share the gospel and evangelize, and I I can um, get revelation of what God's doing in the country. But I I don't know that, I mean, maybe the Lord's working with me to move into some of those areas, but I'm not going to make it happen. And you know, I've not been very much concerned about what I'm called, what I'm called as a, oh, you're a prophet, or you're a pastor. I've never been real concerned. You know my concern, what my concern has been? just doing something for the Lord. That's been my concern. And if somebody wants to say, well, you're you functioning in the pastor's office, then that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But my heart is to do what he tells me to do, and whatever that looks like, then that's that, that's what it is. You know? But I want to serve him first and foremost. I want to do what he told me to do and called me to do and equipped me to do. See, he's he, if he calls you to the office of a, a apostle or prophet or evangelist or pastor or helps ministry, he's going to equip you to do whatever he's called you to do. You don't have to be concerned about that. He's going to equip you. Amen? <laughs> okay, so. Um, okay, I talked about you'll have a witness in your heart. Um, you know, I, I shared this a little bit earlier, but once I was um you know, I was in that tough spot and I started going to Des Moines to church and that's where I made my um I made my decision at that point in time that I was I saw these people doing a musical in front of me and they were so full of life. And I wanted that. I wanted to I wanted to be able to give that to people too. I wanted to be able to help people experience freedom and life and wholeness and healing. I wanted that. I wanted that so that I made a decision right there. I made that decision that I'm, I'm turning my life around. My life wasn't in a bad place. It wasn't terrible, but I was I, I was in a place where that um, mentally, I was in a place where... Um, Uh, psychiatrist I was seeing was concerned about my uh, well-being, but I didn't think I was. He thought I was, you know, and so, but I made a decision to let God back into my life and to serve him, and I, and I, I never looked back from that point in time. I served God every day since then, you know, doing what I could to reach the body of Christ and help the body of Christ, and so, um, uh, so listen to your spirit man. Listen to your inner man. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you to get that. Get your prayer language. Speak in tongues. Talk to God. Listen to Him talk to you. You talk to God and He's going to talk to you. See, He knows a lot of things and He's probably given you understanding already if you've been praying in tongues. He's probably giving you understanding. But it's got to get up through the jello, remember? He's got to get through the jello. So if 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 you haven't heard anything, that I would continue to pray in tongues and talk to him more and more and more and more and listen, listen. Um, see if you're listening to if you're in the world too much. Of course, that's going to be a hindrance. It's going to be part of that jello. Okay. Um, okay. So. So God sees um, your heart. God will assist you and help you. For example, if, if, you know, there were times Dick and I would miss it. We'd miss it. We'd have a disagreement about something. And so if we, if we got into a place of strife, we had to clean it up and repent and deal with it. We purpose not to lay hands on anybody and minister to them during that clean-up time. It was easier for me than it was for him. But if you miss it like that, get yourself back into that right standing position quickly, if, especially if you're in a ministry position. Do that quickly, okay? And see, God, we we, we are in a place where, you know, Paul talked about pressing on, forgetting the things that lie, lie behind and press on. That's the mentality we need to have. Press on after those things. That God has given us or God is instructing you to do. Don't get hung up here in the sin thing that happened two years ago and you've already repented for it. Don't get hung up over there. God's grace is here to meet the need. God's grace is here to help you walk out what you're called to do. So if you have uh, sinned, clean it up, get rid of it, and then move on. Go on with it. Amen? Go on with it don't don't hang around there. I mean there were some other other things that I mean we just didn't we don't we watch laying our hands on and i uh, this is a this is a, a teaching that i I have not done anything with this transference of spirits. i have not done any teaching on that. you may hear me talk about it once in a while but i'm I'm just been waiting on the Lord to give me understanding on you know um how to teach that properly so I we just uh, we just would watch. We didn't want to transfer anything if we prayed for people till we knew we were in a, a right position. And so so anyway, there's areas like that. So you want to make sure. But at the same time, don't just stop what you're doing for the Lord because you missed it, you sinned or whatever. Don't stop doing anything for the Lord. Clean it up and go on. And you know, as you're pressing in towards the things of God. As you're pressing in, like Paul said, I'm pressing in. If you're pressing in, have you ever, um, have you ever? Well, let's just go back to the jello. Have you ever pressed in on jello? Where does it go? <laughs> Where does it go? If you if you have a bowl of jello here and you press down on it, where's the rest? Of, where's the jello going to go? That's right, Craig. You want to preach? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that jello is going to go this way. So when you're pressing in on the things of God, when you're pressing in, the jello is going to go. The sin, the stuff is going to get behind you when you're pressing in after it. Amen. Amen. Deal with it. Press in after God. If you miss it again, deal with it. Press. Keep pressing after God and get that. Get that stuff. Um, just. Just let it get just let it go to the back and 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 clean up and keep going, and don't pay any more attention to it, right? Don't pay any more attention to it. it's not who you are anyway. you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that is not who you are, so if you miss it, if you miss it, correct your flesh and go on purpose to not let it trip you up again, okay That's what you have to do, okay. Um, being obedient. Let's, um, well, let's just look at what Paul said, Philippians 3. Philippians, please. Chapter 3, verse 14. Okay, because see... We should strive to be perfect, that we're supposed to be like Christ. That's the direction, that's the mindset we should have to be like him. And strive, I don't know if that's the correct word I want to say there, but that's the heart behind it. We should purpose to be like Christ. Now, um, that's the perfect. He was perfect, right? That's the direction we need to go. Okay, so Paul was saying here, Oh, this is also good. Let's see where it is. He's just 10. Let's just jump in. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. That Not, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. See, he laid hold of you, and so you want to lay hold of what he has for you. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, or I haven't arrived. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, <laughs> have this attitude. And if any, if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. So we need to press towards that goal of becoming perfect. Okay? Got it? Okay, and if your mind is saying, tilt, tilt, I can't become perfect, you got to get rid of that thought because that will defeat you right now. You know know what I'm saying? Because in Christ Jesus, you are already there. In Him, you are already there. In Him, you are already perfect. Yeah, okay, all right, that's good. Um, Okay, and so when I, you know, when um, I, I was all about ministry, I wanted to, uh, do what God called me to do. So, um, at the time Dick and I got married, I was—I um, was, I was secretary. Uh, secretary. I quit my job at Fisher's. I was gun ho. I was gun ho to do ministry. So I quit a good job at Fisher's, and um, and in that, then um, that church fell apart. So I had no job, and so I said, Lord, I'm sorry. See, I jumped too soon. You see what I did? I jumped too soon into ministry. So, said, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. I, I got off track. My boss, I told you this before, my boss knew, uh, heard about me not having a job at Fisher's. He called me back. He thought, can I have you come back, please? So I went back. I wasn't at the same wage, but the Lord did meet my need after I repented. He took care of me. And so I was there two more years then. And then layoffs happened, and so then I had to find another job. The Lord showed me another job in the paper and I mean it was already on my heart. I saw the job in the paper. I went and applied and that job was mine. So then I was continuing to serve God in church and um uh, I never I, I didn't become a secretary again in church uh, until after I married Dick then and I became secretary um for Pastor Boatman for a while and then and and so during that time frame, um, um, I had um, uh, we did we did telephone evangelism. Dick and I did, and I had puppet team that I worked with, which was just so much fun, and um, helped young people get involved in the things of God. And so most of them are serving God to this day. One is a pastor. One is a youth minister. A couple of them are youth ministers. And so it, that was a that was a fun time, and we went all over ministering with the puppets. And so, so anyway, after that episode, I mean, I had I had Richard, and then I had Rochelle, and we just Dick and I knew we were supposed to do something for the Lord. And um, but we didn't. We went to the, our pastor, and our pastor said, uh, "No, this is all the further you're going to be able to go in this church." But we had we knew we had a calling. So that was one reason the Lord dealt with us. I mean, hey, people have callings, and they need to be able to go do them, and they can't be bottlenecked up in church. That doesn't work, you know. It won't work. It won't work. I can't control you. I'm not supposed to control you, but I can equip you, and I can help you get what where you're supposed to be and do what you were supposed to do. See, it's not going to be a reward for me if I control you and tell you you need to stay here. <laughs> that is no reward. Amen? Everybody everybody has a calling, and, and I'm going to do my best to hear from the Lord. And uh, usually, you know, I will know, like um, Nathan said, I think it was Nathan, yeah, Nathan said, that I, I I'll have a witness on where you're supposed to be or what you're doing. And I, I, hopefully I can help you that way richard said you know Richard said later, he says, hopefully mom can help you with that you <laughs> know anyway um okay, so um so as i as I pursued the things of as I pursued as we went ahead and we we just had a heart we we weren't ready to be bottlenecked in that church. we couldn't see ourselves doing that forever, you know, so we we knew the this um pastor prophet that came to town. And so we approached him. I said, Dick, come on, let's ask him if you'll ordain us. And so we went over, and he said, well, I need to pray about it. So he prayed about it for about six months, sent us the paperwork. We filled it all out, and he brought the ordination papers. He did go ahead and do it. And so that's that's um, where we got started. And we bought this building with just two people in our church. Bought this building with two people because we believed what God had told us to do. Amen? We believed that. And we've been pursuing and doing that, you know you you um plow intercession, you plow, and then you have to um, sow and then you harvest, and then you plow and then you sow and you harvest it's the, It's the same thing we've been doing over and over and over, and so um anyway, um the word was exciting that came through through Nathan and Daniel as well. So anyway, there's there's the fivefold ministry. The gifts are 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 um, there's a variety of gifts. I mean, a variety of callings. And I'm just going to uh, talk about each one of these just for a little bit, and then we'll pick up each one individually, show you where they are in Scripture, how they functioned, and um, hopefully you can you can um, hear what God's telling you to do. Amen. Um, Apostle, the apostles' office. I've shared a little bit about him already seems to uh, embrace all of the other ministries. You know, he's got to be able to do, he's got to be evangelistic when he goes out. He's got to be able to teach. He's got to be able to do all of the things that the rest of the offices are able to do if he's going to establish a work in an area. Amen? Amen. So the apostles, the sent one, and uh, prophet, the prophet's ministry is inspirational. He hears revelation, and so he teaches revelation. Well, preaches, I should say. Preaches revelation, not necessarily teaches, okay? An evangelist has a direct endowment from the Lord to preach the word, to preach the word. You know, he can take about anything in the word, and he can get it into a place of bringing salvation to your door. You know, that's that's where he's at. He can use just about anything to preach the gospel in Old Testament and New. But when he gets to the New, that whole New Testament is is, is evangelistic as it is. And so he a, has got a field day just going to the New Testament. He can preach evangelism. And he can preach the gospel then just about all over in that New Testament. You can see where the Word of God is evangelistic. Yes, Craig. So, uh, Mm-hmm. Evangelists came to the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Five weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, and you know, when, when that happens, it's it's then whose job is it then to disciple those people? The evangelist is there and bam, bam, boom, gone, man. out they go. So, who then is to pick up the discipling and the equipping and training? The pastor, yeah. The pastor does that then. Helps you grow into a place of what you're called to do, basically. Yeah, yeah. So the evangelist is just, you know, it can be short and sweet and right to the point. You need Jesus to get born again. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a, I was telling somebody, I forget who it was now, but I, um, I had gone out to eat with, Francis on a Sunday afternoon, there was somebody else with us. I think it was Norma. Anyway, um there was a guy who approached our table and I knew something wasn't right and he was um he was I said I said to him, I said, Are you a Jehovah Witness? Yeah, yeah. I said, Oh, you need to be born again. <laughs> <laughs> you're not saved and you're not going to heaven he kept trying to give us his card, you know, do you remember that, a little bit of that, he, would, he finally gave us the card, you know, and and he said, yeah, he says, you know, us Jehovah Witnesses, we're having a hard time going door to door, <laughs> well, I know that's true, because we were trying to go door to door, and they don't, people don't want you to come door to door, and so that's why we started the telephone evangelism thing, but anyway, he says, we're having a hard time, and so I said, I heard you talking about God, and he says. And I said, "Well, I could, I could tell you, you need to be born again. I, I think I must have told him five times, you, you need to be born again, and you need to." And I told him how to do: you accept Jesus as Lord. Have you accepted Jesus as Lord yet? And he just kept talking, you know. And finally, gave me his card, and he said, "No, I don't want your card. I don't want your card. I want you to accept Jesus as Lord." You know. And so, so anyway, um, it was a, it was a nice parting, but at the same time. You know, at the same time, he he needed to hear the truth. I might have been the only opportunity for him to hear that that verbiage. You know, he left. <laughs> yeah, he left. Yeah, yeah, he left. So, but he heard the truth before he left. So anyway, so you just you know, and, uh, and and but it's fun and it's fun. But you know, you could tell when he went by. You could tell. Oh, there's something I miss here. And then pretty soon he stopped, and I said, "I said, "Are you a Jehovah witness?" Yeah, yeah, okay. well, you need to be born again, or you're going to hell, you know, so anyway, so anyway, so that's 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 the evangelist, and then the pastor, of course, the pastor shepherds the sheep, gets the pastor has a big hook, you know, and, and hook you back in, hook you back in. No, I don't do that, but I, I do know if there's something going on. And I may approach you. Or I may just pray, you know. And, and but my job is to help you get free, so you continue to serve Him. So if if, if there is a place where you're stuck, or you're you're missing it, or whatever's going on, He'll talk to me about it, because I am the I'm the shepherd, St. am the and it's my job to keep you in line. Now I may not just knock on your door and say get. Straightened up or else I won't do that. Well, I will. I'll take that back. I will if he tells me to do it, you know. If he tells me to get you to straighten up. Anyway. Okay, and then there's the teacher. Um, Those who fill the office of teacher, um, um, they will will preach the word. They'll teach. It's different than, I mean, I, I didn't mean to say preach they will teach the word of god not preach you know there's a difference between preaching and teaching okay a teacher will explain the word and tell you how to put it to work in your life a preacher is just along the line of kind of an exhorter and just exhorts you to get it get busy and you know anyway and so 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 those are the the five and then there's like the ministry of helps I, I talked about the worship and and uh, entrepreneurs. There's the one on uh, diversity of tongues, which you hear me do. Uh, it's not one you hear in a lot of churches, but it's one that the pastors should should cry out for the diversity of tongues. It's one that they should. Okay, and so um, so so we'll talk a little bit more about all of those. All right. Father, we just want to thank you for your help today, Father. We want to thank you, Father, for your will being done. We thank you, Father, for your word that doesn't return void, but it accomplishes there and to where it's been sent. Father, I just ask you to use the word, Father, to cause an excitement to come and a stirring up of the callings and the giftings on their lives. Father said that they hunger and thirst after righteousness, and they want to do the will of the Lord. They want to serve you wholeheartedly every minute of every day not turning away, not ever turning to the right or turning to the left, but staying focused on you, serving you, and doing what you called them to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen.